always looking for positive stories, and we've got plenty of listeners out there who are teachers and principals, uh, some still in the field and dealing with the issues facing our education system. Others are retired. They may be um, looking in at how much has changed in the profession. We're always There's always criticism. There's always suggestions and ideas that get thrown around. A lot of you said how concerned you were about the current models of, of learning uh, and teaching and the, the, the qualifications of our teachers, but the way things are taught and the, and the test results back up some of those concerns. The, the Centre for Independent Studies today criticised the current progressive education philosophy where students direct their own learning. Uh, it's not working. Is it making things worse? The CIS said disadvantaged students need access to teacher explicit instruction. It's the only way they can keep up. That's exactly what one school in Queensland has done and they are seeing incredible results. I've got to say to you, Headmaster of Ipswich Grammar School, uh, Grammar School uh, Richard Morrison joins me to discuss this now. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Bill. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having a chat with us today. Um, what is explicit instruction and, and what's the difference between that and, and rote learning? Uh, explicit instruction is light years beyond rote learning, Bill. Um, it's it's really based on very precise brain science uh, and very, very focused teaching. So um, would you like me to outline some yeah, of Yeah, can you tell us a bit about what you're doing there and how it works? Absolutely. Well, uh, first of all, we have very strong and structured routines in our classrooms. So we're a boys' school, prep to year 12 of 1,250 boys, and we run a very tight, structured routine. And the boys respond very, very well to that. It's based on um, three methodologies in the classroom. I do, that is the teacher demonstrates something. We do, that is the boys do something with the teacher doing it at the same time. They do it uh, co- cooperatively as, as a group, I guess. And then the third phase is you do. So it's from instruction and direction to shared tasks to independent work. Um, it's all about moving uh, basic information, the sounds of letters and, and the parts of words and words themselves from short-term memory to long-term memory. So we free up as much as possible the brain to, to learn new things. And that, that's called automaticity. Automaticity. That's a hard word to say. <laughs> it is for me this morning. From short term to long term. Um, and the way that's done is basically by the boys uh, reading off uh, sometimes a screen as the teacher leads them through a number of letters, sounds and words. And the speed of that increases. And the speed takes that information from one part of the brain to the other part of the brain. So the fundamental difference between explicit teaching and rote learning is rote learning is really about continuous, consistent, relentless repetition. This Mm. is not about repetition. This is actually about acceleration and escalation. And the third, I don't want to get too technical or boring to your listeners, Bill, but the third part of it is 30, 40, 30, which is um, what what our teachers do is 30% of the work with their boys is at their year level, national level, 40% 40% of the work is one year above the national level for their age group, and the other 30% is two years above their age group. And that's every boy in that classroom. That's not just the three smartest boys. That's about every single boy in the classroom 
30% at level, 40% one year above level, 30% of the work two years above level. Mm. Why and when did you decide to make the change in te- teaching methods at the school? Because it's a, it's a bold thing to do, I guess, and uh, changing teaching methods is not something you'd take on lightly. Well, we started the journey in 2016, Bill, because we recognised that um, we needed to do better on behalf of our boys, and we just did not buy the myth that boys can't read and boys can't write. Uh, that that is a mess, and we've demonstrated at our school, as uh, other schools have as well, that boys can do, do all those things exceptionally well. And we engaged uh, a gentleman uh, named John Fleming, who at that stage was working with Haley Berry down in Melbourne, uh, and, and pretty much he's one of the gurus of explicit teaching in Australia. And we've been able to work with John now for eight and a half years, and he's added massive value for our teachers and our programs uh, and what what he is a uh, proponent of uh, actually works and it works brilliantly well. So we've seen our NAPLAN results, for example, in year three combined. Uh, we were 128th in Queensland in 2016, 128th, and last year we were third in Queensland. Mm, Not only are the year-level groups improving to that sort of standard, but each individual boy, and we track their performance on a weekly basis, the growth in their learning, which we measure very precisely, is increasing dramatically as well on an individual level. And again, this is a program not just for the most able boys in a classroom, but the entire cohort of boys. Now, your listeners might be sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, okay, well, that's great for Ipswich Grammar School because you're a private school, so you, you're a selective school. Well, that, that's not actually true either. We are a school for, for all boys. We are not selective by academic ability whatsoever. And, in fact, our socioeconomic score is 1,098. Now, that's just a number I know to you, Bill, and to listeners. Mm. But that puts us uh, over 100 points lower than, let's say, for example, Brisbane Grammar School in the centre of Brisbane. So we're we're not uh, a school that's only got uh, extremely well-resourced uh, privileged boys. Yeah. We've got a huge diversity and range of boys in our school, uh, and they bring a range of talents, they bring a range of strengths and weaknesses, but we're taking the entire group up and forwards. Mm, that's and a... Really, you, you really can't learn exceptionally well through a school curriculum and into a secondary school unless you can read and, and write Bill, um, literacy ability, numeracy ability are the keys that unlock further learning. And unfortunately, what the data in, sh- in Australia shows very conclusively is that once boys and girls fall behind, unfortunately, they never catch up. That's what the data shows. And mm. that's, that's a disastrous, negative, destructive trend uh, and we need to buck that trend in Australia, and we made a decision at the school level that we would do better than that. Mm. Are you finding that obviously there's success with it? That's phenomenal results to get from 128th to 3rd. That uh, are, the, are the kids, what's the feedback from them and their parents? Are they finding it um, that the learning is, I don't know, is, is the word easier, and therefore are they more engaged because they're, they're finding that it's working? 
Well, Bill, I think, you know, most boys uh, have a common characteristic. We're all different as boys, but one of the common characteristics probably is around uh, wanting to be able to do things well. It's about a need for competency. And when our boys experience success, that breeds confidence, which breeds further success. So it's an upward spiral rather than the spiral which I've sort of illustrated or explained briefly there across the nation of Australia, which is a negative spiral. Success breeds success breeds further success. So the boys, they actually like it. They love Mm. momentum, they love pace, and they love doing well. And our classrooms are full of energy, full of engagement, uh, and and it just works extremely well. Mm. Now, you can imagine if your son is coming home from school and you're a typical mum or dad and he's saying, I had a great time today. I had a great time today. I know how to write the word catastrophe. I know how to write the word wonderful. That's a very, very powerful message that parents are getting. And, Bill, uh, one of the byproducts of this and the main outcome that we're after, of course, was improving the literacy ability of our boys. So one of the byproducts of this is that the enrolment of Ipswich Grammar School has actually increased 35% since 2016. So we have had a massive response from the community, not because Ipswich Grammar School is on every billboard around Brisbane or on the highways, because it's not, just because the word of mouth from parent to parent, friend to friend, work colleague to work colleague has actually been so so powerfully good for us. So we've gone from 900 boys to 1,250 boys since 2016. Mm. You know, the, the people, they're voting with their feet, Bill. Yeah. What about in terms of the teachers? We often talk about and debate about uh, teaching standards and what they're, what they're taught when they're going through college. Um, is this something that every teacher can teach or is it something that they have to be specially um, able to embrace or over and above what they get in their teacher's college? I should say to you, Bill, that I've been in education um, for uh, well over three decades and uh, a lot of professional development that is directed at teachers is actually quite quite wasteful and fluffy. Mm. And perhaps even if I was going to be straightforward, very blah, blah, blah-ry. We uh, implemented very practical, very action-focused, very purposeful professional development. You know, that's where John Fleming from Melbourne came into this. We had to coach and instruct our teachers how to deliver this program. They don't pop out of universities with this sort of knowledge. Um, It doesn't grow on trees. You actually need to uh, access some experts who can coach the teachers and, you know, all of us, Bill, are pretty much like our boys. We, we love to be part of success. And when we are contributing to success, it's very motivating for teachers to start to learn how to do this, to start to increase the complexity of what they're doing mm. and take the boys on that journey with them. So, we're, you know, we are a very popular school for teachers to work in, mm. because teachers who hear about explicit teaching or experience some of it, really enjoy delivering it. And you've got to remember that in 2016, we, we had a whole lot of teachers here in our junior school who'd never really taught through explicit teaching. And we had to ask them to put all their a lot of their current practice aside, put it in the cupboard, trust us, you know, trust yeah. us, 
and let's do this. Are there many schools doing it? Um, well, you see, it's interesting because explicit teaching is possibly one of the m- most misused terms in Australian education, I have to say to you, because there's probably about 250 varieties of it. Ah, okay. Um, John Fleming works with um, quite a few schools, and I, all I could say to you, Bill, is that all of those schools use the John Fleming approach. There are other ways and other varieties of explicit teaching. Our variety is the variety that uh, John Fleming works with our school about and some other schools. If it's uh, so successful, why hasn't it been adopted by other, like state school systems and others, uh, as pretty much the the, the stock standard, the way that it should be taught? Well, you know, ultimately you'd have to ask them Mm. that question, Bill, I guess. Uh, Look, you know, at at the the, uh, first stages at the prelim level, it's a massive uh, investment. It's like leaping off the cliff. We're, we're actually going to adopt explicit teaching. We're not going to do what we have been doing. We're going to do this. It dominates the classroom too. It's not something you dabble with. It's not something you spend half an hour on a Friday doing. It is what we do. So it's a, it's a big leap of faith. It requires uh, trust and confidence. And then, you know, resilience. When when uh, you've got experienced teachers that have to, in some cases, unlearn everything they've been doing for a decade or two and relearn a whole batch of new stuff, you, they have to go backwards before they go forwards. You know, it's, mm. it's like someone watching a swing a golf club and saying, you know what, your swing, your swing needs to change completely. Yeah. Having the faith to change that, knowing that I'm going to really struggle with this for a while, um, so, it, you know, Bill, the, the truth is the first bit of it is hard. So that's probably the answer partially to your question. Okay. Well, look, it's, it's fascinating to talk with you. And uh, congratulations on the success the school's enjoyed with it and for giving our listeners a bit of insight into how it works and, and why it works. Thanks very much, Richard. Thank you, Bill. Good to talk. Richard Morrison, headmaster of Ipswich Grammar School. They've got their act together out there, haven't they? It sounds like it's a wonderful wonderful way of uh, teaching and getting the kids uh, up to speed and, and better and engaged and happy and enjoying it. If they're happy and engaged and enjoying it, they're learning. And that's, uh, that's so important, isn't it? One double three eight eighty two. if you've got some experience with that.